All right, at long last, here we go. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I am Chad Brendel. He is Dave Simone. And after a month, we're finally going to talk about Alabama. I feel like we need The Rock's music. And then The Rock comes in. He's like, finally. (laughs) Hey. I know the people enjoyed Mo Egger, and I know that they enjoyed the roundtable, and I know that they enjoyed Dan Wetzel, but this is what we're here for. This is Chad and Dave breaking down the Cotton Bowl, and Cincinnati taking on Alabama. If you can't go, the Holy Grail will be open. There will not be a cover. You are more than welcome to uh, join a de facto Holy Grail watch party. I just I just won't be there. I'll be in Dallas. But if you're not going to be in Dallas, if for whatever reason, you have to stay so, behind. Unless you're quarantined. If you're quarantined, stay home. But if not, go to the Holy Grail and watch Cincinnati play for a spot in the national championship. So you know how I like don't go to watch parties for road games because I'm superstitious and bad luck? Yeah. If we lose this game because you're not at the watch party, given the magnitude of the game, do you like overtake the bad luckness from no. me? No. Why not? Because they've lost games that I've been at watch parties before. Not, not this year. Not- yeah, but that you know that this year alone <laughs> doesn't set the precedent. Well, there weren't any last year. They didn't lose any games last year. They no, but we really couldn't do them last year. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying. that wasn't really an option. <laughs> I know, I know. We we were there for Memphis two years ago. Yeah, both games. Neither of those turned out well, and we still haven't lost since then. So, no, I don't think this impacts my ability okay. to do just, watch just parties check. Just check. forward. I, I think we're okay there. No, I'm just saying if they lose, it's your fault. Oh, okay. Because you're, you're not at the watch party. Well, there's, it's a road game, and you're going to be there. So, if they lose, it's your fault. No, I've been to two road games this year. They won both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let, let's get into it, Dave. Let's, uh, let's get to the, the nitty-gritty of Cincinnati versus Alabama. Um, first, your thoughts on Alabama trying to sell themselves as an underdog in this game. <laughs> I mean, it's not a surprise. They've made up quotes before and put them in their own locker room. That's fair. Like, it is what it is. I mean, it's a silly, silly thing to say. Like, kind of like how Bryce Young, when he accepted the Heisman Trophy, Talked about how he's always been an how, underdog. How he's been an, always been an underdog. Yeah, you were like the number one quarterback coming out of high school from like the number one high school football program in the history of high school football. <laughs> right. <laughs> so to say you're an underdog, eh, and then to say like we've been disrespected, like saying that a team – is not as good as last year's team, whether it's UC Alabama or anything, anybody else. Like saying that a team is not as good as last year's team 
and discussing valid critique slash concerns of that team does not equal disrespect. But hey, you you do you, Will Anderson. I'm sure you're going to have a fantastic game on Friday, and you're likely going to be the first or second player drafted whenever you decide to come into the right. NFL. So play the disrespect card all you want. It's a wild deal. It's a wild deal. Of course, I mean, yeah, of course it's vintage Nick Saban. I mean, that this is what this is what Saban does. That's why I made the joke that this is actual like rat poison, right? This is bad for the sport. No one believes you. Everyone knows it's bullshit. Hey, Brian, what's going on? Jared, welcome in. Everybody knows it's bullshit. Like, could you imagine having to have been one of, like, there were a couple that that called it for the BS that it is. But could you imagine being an Alabama writer and sitting down and actually writing disrespected underdog Alabama in a, in a, in a legitimate article? Well, yeah, that's what I, that's what I tweeted out. I, I, I tweeted out last year's national champion who is the number one seed in this playoff, this year's playoff full of four and five stars has been, is play is playing the disrespect card or whatever, you know, however I ordered it, but like, it's just, you know, whatever. It's hilarious. That's what it I mean, is. It's it's legitimately I guess it's just like is it just Will Anderson saying something, or is this like a theme that's like permeating throughout the entire, you know, entire locker room? Or I don't know. You never know. These you know it's something that they're all talking about. Like, you know, we're everybody thinks that you know we're we're not as good as last year and blah they're blah, not. blah blah blah. They're not as they're good not. as last year. But it's but nobody no disrespecting you. But no one's asking them to be as good as last year or comparing them they're to not, last year. They yeah, they're not. They're not last year's team. <laughs> right. So, whatever. I, I just, of, I, it's hilarious. Oh, it's funny, but, you know. You but take from it, Nick for Saban, it From Nick Saban, you have to expect nothing less, right? Like, no, I mean, the guys have, uh, I mean, Arguably, not arguably, I don't know, the best football coach in the sports history. Like right. him, and Bill, him and Bill Belichick, you know, if you want to parse NFL in college. Like, hey, if that's what you think is going to work to win you another national championship, then by God, all means, do it. Like, you know, I got no problem and, with that. And hey, Brian over here saying I'm not a supermodel. Brian, I had a friend send me a picture from uh, when I first started doing radio and TV. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Tell me that guy's not a supermodel. Look at those chops. Look at the chops. Look at the hair. Like, that's his supermodel. I should be in the cover of Vogue. Was that that, you at, like, 15 years old? No, that's, like, 27, (laughs) 28. Tell me I don't look like Chillin' Dylan from 90210 right there. Kind of do. I know, right? He had an unceremonious, uh, short-lived life, though. Yeah, don't want to was, follow the same path. He's one of the best-looking dudes on the planet in the '90s. <laughs> I look just like him in the 2000s. So, kiss my ass, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was texting with like I did public access TV in Northern Kentucky when I was first getting started in my career, and, and we had a show. 
uh, that I kind of, it actually ended up being copied that almost as long as your radio stint with skinny. Oh no, this lasted much longer. I did that show oh. for, we did like, we did like 150 episodes of that show. Oh wow. It was like three, four years it was on. Um, just kind of cutting our chops and, and learning, learning the way of the business. Were you wearing a referee's uniform? Yeah. So basically picture? the, the <laughs> idea of that show was, um, what the hell? Tony Reale. Oh, like around the horn. It was, it was around the horn before there was around the horn. I was the official. There was a panel when they would say stupid stuff, I would blow the whistle and they would be putting time out. And then like, a year after we started that, then around the horn came on. We were like, are there any other local celebrities that were on the show with you, or they Mo, all moved Mo on to bigger and better things? Mo was on the show. <laughs> Mo, one of Mo's best friends, um, half brother was was one of the regular hosts. So this was at kind of the start of Mo's career, and we had Mo on the show. So yeah. It's a, it was there was there was dignitaries. We had Betsy Ross. Remember Betsy Ross? Oh, I I had Betsy as a professor when I got my master's at Norwood Prep. Betsy, one of the the great lines uh, that shaped my my time in television. So the show started at like seven o'clock, right? And we had scheduled Betsy as a guest, and uh, it was like six fifty eight, and we were live. It was live TV, like eight o'clock, seven o'clock. We were going live. And I'm like stressing, like she's she not going to be here, you know. And she had done ESPN for years yeah. at that point, like she was a pro. And she strolled in at six fifty nine thirty, walked over, mic'd herself up, you know, straightened herself out. And I was like, that was cutting it close. She's like thirty seconds. She's like, you can die in thirty seconds. Like I made it here on time. I don't want to hear no shit from you. She's great. like, this is fucking public access TV. Right? I'll show up when I want. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're lucky I showed up at all. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky I got here. You're lucky I didn't walk in 15 minutes late for a 16 minute segment. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we had some, we had some, some, some names, some dignitaries, but it was, it was good. We'll pop that back up just for the people that you know. That was me. I guess that would probably be. 2003, 2000, 2003, Where do you even find such a picture at this thing? A buddy of mine that was on the show, I guess, was going back through old like tapes, watching it last night, and he was sending me all these screenshots. Oh my god! From, uh, yeah, he was like just like messing with me. Like, remember when you looked like this? <laughs> hey, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, Alabama, focus. We got to focus. Alabama. Alabama. Um, yeah, like this isn't a hard, a hard scouting report to do brother. Like they have no? an awesome, they have an awesome run defense. Uh, they have one of, if not the most explosive passing offenses in the country, even though without John Mechie, we'll see exactly what that looks, what, what this iteration of that looks like without him. Um, pass defense is solid, if not. You know, with Will Anderson, their pass rush can be spectacular. Uh, but there are some yards to have through the air if you can block them. Um, I agree. And then their run game, that's the really interesting thing for me because their run game has been okay this year. It hasn't been Alabama-like at all. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of the closer contests with Bama than uh, you've seen in years past. Um so this is still a, a, a look, 
If Alabama that played Georgia shows up, forget it. Right? I would agree. If Alabama that played Auburn shows up, let's let's see where the chips fall. Right. And I you know, I think there's there's things to dissect in all of that. I mean, where where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I mean, I guess I have a few kind of like main questions that I think we need to kind of talk through to get to kind of our final thoughts. Do you want to start offense or defense? Um, Their offense is kind of the bread and butter. So let's start defense and we'll work our way okay. to offense. So their defense. Yes, Alabama's it's, defense. Let's start It's there. very simple. What does UC do against Will Anderson? Yeah. If they can because block They can't. No one can block him. He's got 15 and a half sacks and 31 and a half tackles for losses. They ain't blocking him. But what, what can they do to try to minimize his impact to not just be total game wrecker? Right. I mean, I he's the best, fair. he's the best player in college football. He's like, I don't know if it's really debatable. Um, so what is, what do you do? Do, cause you certainly can't just say Dylan O'Quinn, go play the greatest game right. of your life. Have an out of body experience. Block this guy that no one else has been able to block all year by yourself. Have fun. That, that cannot happen. <laughs> Good luck. Right. So what do you do? I think you um I think we're going to see more quick game. I think you know screens a little bit more prominent at least early. I think er- what the key is early, right? You need to kind of to well, get yeah, them Yeah, because if the game gets out of hand right. In that way late, then it doesn't really matter. He's already he's already made his mark. That's well, the that's the biggest thing of this game for me. Like, you know, just as a, as a whole, if it's 10-7 at the end of the first quarter, I think Cincinnati's in a pretty good spot. I would agree. And if you it's know, with... if it's twenty to three or seventeen to three, like it's going to be a long day in Dallas. Enjoy Jerry World and have some cold ones. Right. Um, I mean, it's a it's a catch twenty two with them. Their pass defense. Is very pedestrian, very average. Uh, one of their starting corners, Josh Job, is out. Um, one of their safeties is could be the best player on their defense, but half the time he has no idea what he's doing. Um, so the way to beat them is to throw, but then that also means that you are opening yourself up to Will Anderson. Phil Mathis, who scare, scares me almost as much as Will Anderson does playing defensive tackle with eight sacks this year. Yeah. And I'll get and into that's why. Like, that's where it's... And I'll get into why with that. But then you also yeah. have a linebacker group that isn't great, but they do rush the passer. Henry, Henry Toatoa, four sacks. Dallas, um, what's his name? Dallas Turner, five sacks. So, and we've seen this season, UC be susceptible to pressure up the middle. 
So you're going to have a player, Phil Mathis, not as good as Jordan Davis from Georgia, but a similar type player. And they have other similar type players to what UC saw last year against Georgia along the defensive line. Aziz Azalea had three sacks. Adam Anderson had two sacks. UC gave up eight sacks in the Peach Bowl. So really when I'm looking at this game, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of Peach Bowl, Notre Dame, and comparing that to what I think we're going to see. UC did not run the ball effectively in either of those games. Um, You know, outside of Ford's long run against Georgia, he had like 18 yards on seven carries, something like that. I mean, it was was not good. Dez did not have very many yards truly rushing, even when you take out like Zach adjusted against Georgia. Now he had a little bit better game against Notre Dame and Ford had a little bit better game, but it was still only like 3.9 a carry. So I'm going to be interested to see how we try to run the ball. Cause I don't think we can just, Dez can't like drop back 40 times and then be competitive in this game. That's no, he's going to get sacked gonna, 10. That's not going to happen. So how do they run the ball? How do they incorporate Jerome, if the, still incorporate him, if the running game is not working? Which I'm not expecting it to. Like, I'm expecting they give up what two point five yards a carry? They're like fourth in the country in rush defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're they're outstanding against the run. Um, so I'm expecting it to be a similar running type game that it was against Georgia and Notre Dame. So. Where do we generate plays offensively without just like trying to throw it up to Alec Pierce or what? Um, it's gonna like I'm much more confident, and this is a crazy thing to think about. Like, I'm much more confident with the defense going up against a Heisman Trophy winner and maybe the best wide receiver in college football than I am UC's offense going up against Alabama's defense. And Brian says, Run, Des, run. He's if he doesn't come close to like 75 true rushing yards, I don't think UC has a chance. Like he's going to have to, they're going to have to do design runs. They're going to have to, it's going to have to be creative. Like that has been a kryptonite for Alabama defenses in the past is, is mobile running quarterbacks. Um, and like they're, they're not a, it's, their defense is kind of strange. Like they will give up yards, they will give up plays, but they will, but they will also like make the key interception, make the key stop. Yeah, they're Cincinnati in that regard. Um, so I'm just like, I don't know if you, if does does um, is it Noah Davis, the tight end? The tight end. Yeah. Is, am I missing this for his first name wrong? No, Noah Davis. Sure. Okay. Does he play more? As a block, you know, do we see more 12 personnel? You know, because you just, you're just, you got to do something with Will Anderson. And if that means that a wider, an extra wide receiver isn't on the field as much, then I think that's what it has to be. Like, I do not think we can just line up there the way we, we normally do and think that it's going to be good enough against him. Yeah. The thing that, that is interesting to me, two things. Can Cincinnati get to the edge? Because, you know, that's all, like always one of the things against an Alabama. Like you just don't have the speed to get to the edge 
um, to kind of start stretching them out, to start right. creating and, space. And that's the problem with a guy like Phil Mathis is he pressures up the middle and Des bails. That plays into Will Anderson because right. like he'll just chase your ass down. Yeah. Like well, and and if you're if you're thinking about a, a quarterback dropping back and then escaping, that is infinitely harder to do when there's pressure in your face. Like oh, this yeah. is a huge game for Jake Renfro. And I mean, and both yeah, guards, the middle of the yeah. line. It's it, I mean, it's a, it's a massive game. So I mean, it's just I don't I don't know um, because you know we saw this year they were at their best when. Jerome Ford had big games. The offense, and that's not like it's, it's not like some secret. Oh, when your running back has a great game, your offense is better. Right. <laughs> you know, no, no, we're not. You know, not a secret. But we also like it. Also translated to the stagnation that we saw at times. And UC is an okay third down team, but they're not great. And Alabama is very good on third down defense. So we cannot get into these situations where we run the ball on first down, we get two yards, we throw the ball, it's incomplete, and now it's third and eight, and here comes the pass rush. Right. Like it's just – and then that's where you get into the problem of, you know, Mason Fletcher has had a very good year for a freshman, but he is not James Smith. You just keep doing those three and outs or, or one first down and punt, and you're just – slowly you're playing that field position game where you're just no matter how good your defense is you're just giving bryce young and that offense too many opportunities opportunities right it's an opportunity game it's not a like we're amazing defensively we're going to shut them out it's an opportunity game you give them the ball in the 35 or 40 yard line three times in a row they're gonna score like it's just gonna happen um so you know how do you run the ball how does the interior of the offensive line hold up? What do you do against Will Anderson? And if you can't run the ball, how do you keep Jerome Ford involved? Because he's one of your best players. Right. So you have to figure out a way to get him the ball, even if it's not a conventional, you know, just handed off, off tackle type situation. But here's the thing with him. If you're going to see whether or not you have the speed to get to the edge on Alabama, that's a guy that does. Well, he's got this. I don't think that's in question. You have to be able right. to block it so he can get there, though. True. <laughs> True. Like, but like, he can, like, if you just pitched him the ball and said, run around the corner, I mean, he can do it. But, like, that's not how their plays are designed. So we've you know, seen them. We've seen more outside stuff. They've done a little bit in this more, year. A little bit more of it. But, like, their, their linebackers and their defensive backs on those, like, quick, just Des catches the snap and quick tosses it off to the side. They're going to, I mean, they're going to see that coming and they're going to read that a lot better than a lot of the teams that we've played. Of course. But that's why you have to, if you have a guy that has the speed to turn the corner, that's where you find out whether you do or not. Like, For sure. I think you're going to need to do some of that at least early. I'm interested to see, are you going to be able, you know, we've seen game plans where they've used crossers a lot. Um, you know, how much, how much is Bama going to bring pressure? How much are they going to see at least initially? Can we do this with four or five? Because if we can do this with four or five, then we can really stifle. Well, they're going to, I mean, I offense. imagine that's what their initial plan will be. Me too. That's why I just said that. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, I missed that part. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how much of a. I mean, when you have Will Anderson and you have a defensive tackle with eight sacks, like I'm not sure how much blitzing you really need to do. Yeah, but you brought up like their linebackers are you know have a lot of sacks. Like they blitz. They don't just sit back. No. But they might look at it as like, well, let's just see what Will can do. Yeah, that was my thought. Is, is we'll, we'll see we'll at the play, beginning of the game. We'll play a bit what? of coverage because we feel strong that our front four will be able to handle the run. Yeah, and, let's see what the first three, four possessions look like just bringing three and four or four and five, sorry. Yeah. And if, you know, if we can get to Ritter with four, you know, maybe the occasional blitzer, then all of a sudden that defense becomes a real bitch to figure out. Right. How many, how many throws, like actual attempts, do you think is the sweet spot for Dez in this game? Probably 25 to 30. I guess depending right. on number of plays, right? Like he, like he threw it 37 times against Georgia. Yeah. A lot was, of that was – I guess a lot of that was shorter stuff too, though. Yeah, because he, he, he was 24 for 37, but for only 206 yards. Yeah, there was a lot of it that – I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised to see a higher number if that's the case, where there, there's screens, there's check downs, there's getting it out quick. Um, yeah. I, I just don't know. Can, can, you, can you realistically line up and run 20, 25 times into the teeth of this Alabama defense? I mean, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I think they only ran it like 19 times in the Peach Bowl. Mm -hmm. Ford had seven carries outside of his long run. Nobody else had more than two carries besides Dez. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's a little bit different this year. Like, Montgomery, Chuck, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, but we haven't – in the big games, we really haven't seen anybody but Jerome. No. No, that's true. I don't. I guess probably thirty, thirty-five would probably, if you count in the short game and and using that as an extension of the running game. Um, I guess thirty, thirty-five is probably about right, and then twenty, twenty-five rushes. Jason asked, so "Do you 60, run the forty pass?" Jason asked, "Do you run Des early a few times to make them waste a spy linebacker?" I think you just run him early because you have to. <laughs> And yeah. see how they defend it. Um, I don't, I don't know whether they'll use a spy or not. Um, I think that's kind of pointless, and I imagine Saban will too. I mean, if you've watched enough of Dez, many teams have spied him. None of their spies are as are as athletic as him. Yeah, but so, that problem is probably moot with Alabama, right? Yeah, but you're not going to use like a safety as a spy. It's going to it, it has to be a linebacker. Their linebackers are pretty athletic, though. <laughs> no, nah, they're still not as athletic as he is. I mean, right. I know Henry Toto is like a quintessential like run stuffy, <laughs> right? Um, great tackler, stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like. It's it's hard. Like 
Will Anderson is just such a factor that it makes it, it makes it hard for me to be like unless goofy stuff happens like yeah they'll score 30 who cincinnati yeah yeah i mean <clears throat> i'd say the sweet spot in this game's probably what 24 27 for cincinnati here's the thing i wonder on offense dave are they going to have the ability to hit that spurt that we've seen so many times from this team where, yeah, I mean, you know, and Alabama they, does the Alabama does the same thing too. So it's it's very interesting matchup in that regard. But yeah, I mean, they've played with their food on occasion, and then boom, twenty one points in, you know, a quarter or less. Yeah, you know, that seems a little less likely in this game. Just you know, just because. Yeah, I, but they played some. Some, I mean, you look at Notre Dame and Houston. They played two really good defenses and they still did. been able. And Houston could to get do after that. the quarterback, and they did a did an excellent job in that game. Um, so I don't want to, to discount that. You know, explosive plays. Where where you know where do those come from? In the Peach Bowl last year, their longest pass play was like eighteen yards. Um. And that was was that the one Dez kind of looped to Wiley at the end of the first half? I don't know if it was if it was that one or not, but um, maybe that one just felt longer because he was because like he was right twelve was yards like behind the, the line of scrimmage and at the other hash and everything like that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, how did do you see? You know, do we run a lot more too tights? But that's with you know Wiley and. Lenny and one of them is chipping Will Anderson every play before they go out for a pass and the other one is going out for like are we you know there's a lot they can do I just get concerned it all comes back to being able to run the ball because if if you if you're always like we saw in the Georgia game if you're always in these third and long situations you're just asking for you know, asking for trouble in pass protection. And it's not because you have a bad offensive line. You just, you can only do so much. Yeah. And I, I mean, don't I, think UC's offensive line is bad, but it, it has been, I would say, average with good moments, but, you know, it's just been inconsistent. It's, it's kind of what I'm going to talk about with Alabama's offensive line when we, when we talk about their offense. But... Um, I don't know. It's there's there's plays to be had, but you know, I don't know. I don't see a lot of like 10, 12 play drives keeping this game interesting or, or giving UC a chance to win. Not not unless Dez is just brilliant on third down. Yeah, I mean if he's pick if he's scrambling picking up nine yards on third and eight. You know, stuff like that, sure. But he needs to, like I said earlier, 75 yards. He needs some chunk runs. He this needs, needs to, to be, like, this needs, needs to be the to game of Desmond Ritter's to life. Them. He needs to make a play that, or plays that dictates to them some sort of adjustment to their original plan of attack. Where, right. the, where he makes a couple plays and they go, okay, 
this isn't going to work because he's going to keep doing this. And, you know, we need to make an adjustment. Right. I mean, this has to be the game of Dez's life, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's the fucking national semifinals. If he, if he doesn't, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything. Play great, shocking. they lose, and the season's over. Like, you know, like if he doesn't play great, they lose. He for the you know as much as you know, I love Dez. For the first time in a long time, he's not the best quarterback on the field. Right. So he he has to play a great football game. Yeah. Great football game. So. Everybody does. I mean, everybody does. It's the national semis. Yeah. I mean, this is this is literally the game of your life. Yep. Until you win and th- then you have the next one. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh let's switch over to Cincinnati on defense, Alabama on offense. This clearly starts with Jamison Williams and Bryce Young. Oh, but I don't think it does. But maybe the bigger story is Alabama's offensive line against Cincinnati's front six, seven, yes. however you want to look at it. So Alabama in the SEC championship game moved their center to right tackle and started a center in his first ever game. <clears throat> and after a couple shaky drives, they were obviously pretty fucking good because they went on a 31-7 scoring run. Right. So did they fix it? Or was that an anomaly? Because against Auburn, they couldn't block anybody. Right. So conventional wisdom says a month off, Nick Saban, semifinals, they boat race pretty much everybody that they've played in the semifinals. The offensive line we see will be more like the offensive line we saw in the SEC championship game than in the games where they struggled. Now, here's an interesting stat I heard today listening to other podcasts. So when you talk about pressure rate, you you talk about pressure rate defensive line, we talk about it all the time because UC has one of the higher pressure rates in the country defensive line-wise. There's also a number offensive line-wise, like how many true pass plays are you giving up pressure on? So Alabama this year, I wrote this down so I would get it right. They gave up more, there were more games where they allowed a 40% or greater pressure rate than games where they allowed less than 30%. Two of those games where they were actually good allowed less than one in four games they allowed less than 30%. Two of those were out of conference and one was to Mercer. Allowing 40% pressure rate is like get your offensive line coach fired bad. Right? Which also then shows you how damn good Bryce Young is. Yep. <laughs> That in the majority of their games, their offensive line was get their coach fired bad. 
and he threw and he won the Heisman. And he threw forty three touchdowns and won the Heisman. <laughs> so UC is gonna pressure. I mean, they're gonna. We know they're gonna do that. I still think though that they need they like. They cannot fall into the trap that Georgia fell into in the SC championship game, which was we're damn good. We're going to do what we do. And Alabama was like, okay, you can do what you do, but if you don't ever change anything up, then it becomes somewhat easy to, to go against. Right. Like Georgia is, I've heard them described as the way their defensive line, like they legitimately call their like defensive line play, like gladiator play, like blunt force trauma. Like they just want to beat the shit out of you. It's not anything special. It's not anything fancy disguising, you know, they just come at you and come at you with aggression. I don't think UC can do that. I don't think they can just line up their three down linemen and just say, or four down linemen and just say, okay, guys, go win your one on ones. Like they need to get creative, whether it's corner blitzes, safety blitzes, delays, a gap, you know, twists, stunts, all that stuff. You need to try to confuse a group that has a basically a brand new center and a group that has been bad. You need to be able to cast doubt in their mind that. What we did against Georgia, it was an anomaly. It was not a starting point to something better. Right. Because they are not special in the running game. I mean, they're 80th in yards per carry, just over four a game. This is probably the worst overall running back room that Saban's ever had. Could probably use a guy like, I don't know. I maybe a guy like Jerome, Jerome Ford. Ford. Had, they had some guys, <laughs> but I think they got hurt. I know. But like they are I'm being they're funny. They're 105th in sacks allowed. They're 113th in tackles for loss allowed. So like there is opportunity for pressure and to make plays there. You just have to rush so so smart because Bryce Young is a freaking magician in the pocket and is unbelievable at evading rush while keeping his eyes down the field and is very accurate and but will run too so it's like you know it it's just a very hard he's a very hard quarterback to to rush against because you want to be ultra aggressive because you know the offensive line is not very good but you also then know in the back of your mind like if we don't get to him he's going to carve us up yeah and you worry a little bit because this has been a defense that at times has gotten to the quarterback and not finished the play. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got to – they have to have a announced – you know, kind of when we talked about towards the beginning of the year and then as soon as we talked about it, it went to shit against Tulane and how they were such great tacklers. Yeah. It's gotten yeah, it's gotten back to normal. It's the gotten back to weeks. it, but, like, it can't revert back to that. I mean, right. again, it's the semifinals. Like, we talk about this, and I think we have to constantly remind ourselves that, like – this isn't the Peach Bowl. This isn't. This is like. This is like being in the Final Four in college basketball. Like you've made it. Like you're gonna play another good team. You have to play your best game to win. In yeah. in all phases. Um, Jamison Williams, Amad Gardner, bad, bad motherfucker. But so is Amad. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be. 
Does Ahmad follow him? He has to. Are you kidding? Why? I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Okay. We've seen them do it some. Like, it has been something they've I mean, done this year. If, if they don't, I question, like, I will outwardly question what you're doing. I mean, you have, like, to, you, have, you feel pretty good with Kobe on him still, right? I mean, you feel better with Ahmad, but. I mean, I, like, not, I don't really feel great about Kobe on him, to be quite honest. His, his speed is not of this world. Yeah, he's fast. Um, he's really fast. So, no, I would – because, like – and that's the thing with the Mechie injury. You're going from 96 catches. He's got, like, 30 more catches than Jamison Williams this year. He was there across the middle, third down, oh, like, money, like money guy. I would, I would be dreading this game if they had Williams and Mechie. So Mechie, because Williams, got, because Mechie does so many of the things that have terrorized this defense, right? Mm-hmm. Like drags and 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 just getting into space and making plays and like Williams, very technical, very good hands, insanely fast, like you talked about. But I mean, I think you have to wonder: was some of that the attention that teams had to give? To Mechie, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it works. It just look at, like, you know, look at the Bengals. We'll just use that because they're, I mean, we're getting to the point now where what do you do? Right. You know, so with Alabama, they're going from a 96-catch, 1,100-yard, eight-touchdown guy gone. Next closest, most likely to replace those snaps, Slade Bolden, 32 catches, 332 yards, two touchdowns. Like, insane drop-off. And the guys that will probably rotate in with him are even lower. I mean, Treshawn Holden, 15 for 211 and one score. Like, Ja'Cory Brooks had the one catch against Auburn that everybody remembers, but that's kind of all he's done all year. I mean, these guys are extremely talented, but they have not been asked to replace an All-American first-round type wide receiver. So, what kind of pressure do they feel to step up and fill those shoes? What kind of pressure does Bryce Young feel to maybe force the ball to Jamison Williams? Um, you know, I'm very concerned about their two tight ends. Like, I think they're going to go to those guys a lot. And those dudes, they can go. Just like Daryl Washington last year with Georgia, you know, you had him, you had Michael Mayer. You've got two guys, Cameron Latu, six touchdowns, Jaleel Billingsley, three touchdowns. We have not really seen, you don't see a bunch of true receiving tight ends in the American. Like Houston has a couple, but they didn't really get them involved. Um, SMU had Grant Calcaterra, but UC dog walked them so quick, you know. That was kind of non-existent. Like the only one we can really talk about is Michael Mayer, and he had a great game on one leg. Right. Uh, so you got two guys. I mean, we all have great faith in Brian Cook, and we have faith in Sean Pace, but like we haven't seen an offense that really like uses them as a focal point. And I think with their inability to run the ball, 
consistently, and I'm hoping if that doesn't, if they can run the ball, then this shit is over. Like, yeah, that's that's the nightmare scenario, right? Is they're 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 piling up five. I'm just I'm just assuming we stop the run because if we don't, then nothing that we're talking about matters. Yeah, you know, like I mean, they because stopped the run against, have to, They stopped yep. the run against Georgia. They stopped the run against Notre Dame. Like if they don't stop the run against a team that averages four yards a carry and whose offensive line gives up almost as much tackles for loss as any team in the country, then then all this other analysis doesn't really mean shit. Because they're just going to use those big-ass five-star offensive linemen like Evan Neal on the left side, and they'll just lean on us all game. And they'll throw it to the tight end, and then when we creep up, they'll hit Jameson Williams over the top. Without question. Like, that's that's been in the back of my mind since this game got announced, right? Like, we are just anticipating that Cincinnati will stop the run. Even though Cincinnati has shown at times that stopping the run is 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 a problem. How much do, do you have to worry that while Cincinnati, because this is this is what I've talked about the whole time, right? Saban with time is a nightmare. Saban with a month to prepare is a nightmare, right? He's like Bill Belichick. When you zig, he zags. Yes. Cincinnati's going to prepare this game to stop Bryce Young and Jamison Williams. And Saban goes, you know what? We're running at you 40 times. Stop we'll it. Feature, or we'll go a bunch of two tight ends and see how you stop that. Yeah, we run it at you with two tight ends. We play action you. Like, we just bludgeon you to death. Yeah, I mean. It's, and our never... defense is going to stop your offense. Like, we're not worried. We think we can get three, four touchdowns running right at you the whole game. And we don't think you can score more than three touchdowns on us. Let, let's right. let's go old school. Yeah. I, I mean, worry about that. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, because if you look at the SEC championship game against man coverage, Bryce Young was only six for 17. Now he did hit a big throw on man coverage for a touchdown, but most of their big plays were on busts from Georgia's safeties. But something that I'm, that I'm interested to watch because it's such a part of Alabama's offense is they do run a lot of stacks and bunches. And I think they're going to do that to try to get Jamison Williams free releases. Sure. Get him, get him on those just quick five yard crossers that just allow him to try to outrun everybody like he did against Georgia. Now that was also a bust on the safety, but like they're going to bunch them. They're going to trips. They're going to do all that stuff to try to keep Ahmad and Kobe from just being one-on-one on one, yeah. jam you at the line type stuff. Like, you know, they'll run all sorts of action off of those, you know, alignments. So that's definitely a concern because I don't think they're just going to put Jameson Williams out there and go, okay, you two guys have a day. Like they're going to move him around. They're going to put him in formations that are advantageous to him getting a free release. Man, saving with time just scares. It does. It David just well, he, scares because he's out he's never like analysis by a paralysis that. Right. He has picked it. Like that's the thing. He's so good at looking at your tape and saying, "This is what." we're best suited to do to beat you and then getting his team to go out and execute it perfectly. 
Yeah. I mean, they won how many freaking national championships? Like, why would why would this season be any different? Right. I mean, and maybe they're not like, this isn't the best Alabama team that he's had, but, I mean, you're, really, you're splitting hairs. Like, it's not like they suck, okay? Like, no, they're still elite at, like, the most important the position phases of the game. They're elite at quarterback, defensive line. Right. Wide receiver. Like, <laughs> they still have yeah. very – even with Josh Joe out, they still have some some outstanding corners. Like, no, it's just not – They have a great run best. defense. They have a great pass offense. Borderline elite in both phases, if not elite in both oh, phases. Oh, their pass offense is absolutely – now, it, it goes down a notch without Mechie. I mean, it can't – Yeah. It can't still be elite, elite without Mechie, but, like, in all passing stats, they are elite. Right. So, like, even though we talk about this isn't Death Star Alabama, the Death Star also didn't blow up. It's still functional. Like, it, it might it might have some, you know, some holes in it. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's – it's one of Saban's probably best coaching jobs because sure. he, do, he doesn't have the, I would say like he doesn't have the group of veterans that he can quote unquote Lean like, on. Get, well, in the way he talks to him and right. coaches them. I'm not sure he has that group. Like, that's kind of what I mean by lean on. Like, right. like Luke this does is, with Daz and Kobe. And this is the quote unquote like kids are soft, you know, in air quotes. Like, he doesn't have like those just dudes that he can, you know, kind of say whatever he wants to say and they're fine with it. Right. So, you know, he's to get to this point, to lose the game, to lose game the way he did to Texas AM, to have close games, to come back, to turn around and do what you did to Georgia. And part of me wonders, like, how much of that is just. Alabama is Georgia's daddy. Yeah. And once stuff starts going bad, you just go, oh, here we go again. No matter how good we think we are, we can't beat them. Yeah, we got nothing. We got nothing for Alabama. You know, and it's, I just, I think it's going to be like, I'm super interested just to watch the game as just from a, like game flow and how you see just because like these dudes don't give a shit about how many national championships Alabama has won. Do they have been like the past two days, the, the two, the two media sessions have been as good as you could possibly ever dream for listening to them. Like basically have all the Alabama writers like try to like, you know, have them bow at the throne to kiss right. the ring. Like, you know, how how lucky are you to be here? How how awesome does it feel to get the chance to play Alabama? And they have handled it masterfully. Nobody took the bait. Nobody, you know, said anything stupid. And every time it was like, look, man, we're just here to play football. Like, I, I don't know what you guys want from us, what you want us to say, what you want us to do. But we're just here to be Cincinnati. Like, we're not here to care about Alabama and, and what their accomplishments are and, and, and this, that, and the other. We're here to be Cincinnati. And if that's good enough to win, it's good enough to win. 
We're not here to kiss anybody's ass. We're not right. here to be anybody's bitch. Like, no, we're, we're, we, we got here. We earned our way here. We deserve to be here. We belong here. We're ready to tee it up and see what that gets us. Now, I, I heard this quote on a other podcast that I listened to, and I do not listen to Kanye West, but I thought this was interesting. They're talking about UC and Alabama, and you might know this. I'm sure you do, and some of our listeners do, but he said, like, you know, the quote was, what is God, what is a God to a non-believer? Right. And like, everybody thinks Alabama is God, but what is that to a bunch of dudes that just don't believe it? No, that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and win. But like, you've got 23, 24 year old, maybe even 25 year old. I don't know. Joe DeBlanco has been at UC for six years, Dave. I mean, but you have Cook, just... Or not Cook, but Brooks and Brown, six years. Yeah. I mean, you have just... You have dudes. You have old-ass men playing against highly, highly rated and highly, highly talented kids. You know, 19, 20-year-olds. Now, UC has right. some of those guys, too. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you know, it's kind of – so, but what is – what does Alabama's history mean to a bunch of guys that that really just don't care? Right. And have a coaching they staff – They respect it. it. Well, of course. I mean, they're not – no one's saying, like, right. we don't think they're good or they don't deserve to be there. Like, they're damn good. But, like – they're not going to walk out there and think that they don't have a chance. And, you know, what is, you know, I, I get a kick sometimes out of the, like, well, the Alabama roster is, is way better. I'm like, well, yeah, if you go one through 85, yeah, it's better. <laughs> right. Half of those guys are never even going to see the field. So, so what does it matter? Probably more than got, half of them. If, what does it matter if they've got like 35 four stars, you know, on their roster? If, you know, if 15 of them don't play. Right. Because um, UC has very, very high end talent. And I've heard several times like, oh, it, you know, it'll be a attrition thing and the defensive line will wear them out. And that might very well be true. Like Alabama's going to cycle in dudes along the defensive line. Um, oh, again, and you see, you know, likely not going to cycle through offensive linemen. You just don't see that. But Vinny and Max might rotate. They might. Brian says, breaking news, I don't listen to Kanye. That, that is accurate, except for the opening to The Hangover. I like that song. <laughs> but um, it is, there's a lot going on that I'm just interested to see how it shakes out. You know, mainly both offensive lines. Like, it, all the hype is around, like, Dez and Jamison Williams and Sauce Gardner. But, like, really, to me, it's about, is Alabama's offensive line fixed to the point of, 
do they play a lot more like they did against Georgia or a lot more like they did against Auburn? Right. And can you see what can UC's offensive line do to slow Will Anderson down and run the ball? I think that's gonna that's gonna tell the t- tell the tale of the game the most because if UC can get pressure and can and you know contain Bryce Young from escaping, let's, let's go. Let's go back to the the, the Notre Dame game, right? What are yeah. the two biggest plays in those games? Plays where the defensive line got home. It was half a second late, but it impacted the throw. Right, forced interception. And they got two massive interceptions. Yes, right. Like, right. can that happen? Can that happen? And then conversely, how does UC handle Phil Mathis and Will Anderson, and can they run the ball on rundowns and not get into third and long? I just got some good news. Bryce Young's I'm out in, of the game? No, not that, not quite that good. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in for Mo tomorrow okay. on ESPN 1530. Uh, I was informed today that they're running a bunch of banner ads for UC and, and, and Alabama. So my instructive tomorrow was to talk as much about UC as possible for three hours. So... Well, there you I go. started. Uh, I started uh, poking around, and tomorrow at four thirty, John Cunningham will join the show. Whoa! Live from Dallas, we got a little breaking news. Athletic want- breaking news: John Cunningham joins the show, and I'm working on uh, potentially our good friend Pete Dammel joining tomorrow as well. So, if Do you're not doing anything from as I drive down, sure. <laughs> I, I'll I'll plug the podcast with Dave. Like Dave's my co-host. We we previewed Alabama last night. Here is the uh, the synopsis. And if you want the rest, go listen to the podcast on your drive to Dallas. I'll get you a time. We'll get Dave on tomorrow. They told me to do three hours of Bearcats, Dave. I'm gonna do three hours of Bear. I'll, I'll do like two hours and fifteen minutes of Bearcats, and then I'll talk about Joe Burrow for the other forty-five. How's that? Hey, that works for me. <laughs> That'll give you good quality entertainment for your uh, for three hours of your ride. Our guy, you don't at, fo- to our guy at fo- football scoop is at it again. Doing what? Offensively, numerous sources this week told football scoop that Kelly is expected to reunite with Mike Dembrock, Kelly's former Notre Dame offensive coordinator and assistant head coach. He spent seven seasons alongside Kelly and South Bend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. He's in, he's a name to, to monitor for that job, and the longer they don't hire for that somebody for that job, what does it probably mean? That they're waiting on Mike Dembrock, who has told Brian Kelly, and I have confirmed, I'm busy. You want to talk to me when I'm not busy? Give me a call. But right now, I'm busy. That that's nothing new. I know. I know. I'm just for the people listening. That's nothing new. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet? No, this that... I, I should I should retract some of what I said. Okay. The 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 full quote was as we reported a few weeks back was in the works. LSU has now announced 
Matt House will be their new defensive coordinator, which is this guy's MO anyway. They, they say something, and then if it actually happens, they say, we got we had this three yeah. weeks ago. But right. then it said, article below is from two weeks ago. That is what I read regarding gotcha. Coach Denbrock. Okay. So it wasn't actually new, Anything new. Right. information. So I apologize okay. for that. All right. Well, that's the nice thing in doing a live show. You can correct it when necessary. Now there's a picture of Dez and the other quarterbacks and Coach Caduli with some Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. I saw that. I saw that. I'll tell you what, man. I heard it. I heard this was the case beforehand. But holy cow, going to the Cotton Bowl is like (laughs) these knees, man. They they hook that shit up. I am so mad that I had to be in for Mo tomorrow. Yeah, because I could have been down there right drinking, drinking three Miller Lights and getting stuff in the in the uh, hospital, the media hospitality suite, where you the get media like hospitality Oscar suite style swag bag. Looks like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like it looks like a nightclub with video games and <laughs> pool tables and couches and big screens and a bar and. Three like, squares a day, like they they had a carving station. I saw a carving station. Could I could I just go pregame there and then go to the game? <laughs> no shit, man. Yeah, you That's really the sc- first you really place screwed, I'm going. Screwed the BCJ staff on that one, buddy. I mean, you guys could have gone. <laughs> like, I'm not. Cred- there's nothing I'm not stopping any of you from being down there. I'm not credentialed. You didn't ask to be credentialed. This is true. Dave, next time Cotton Bowl, you know, get credentialed, go down there just for the hospitality suite, and then don't use your credential for the game. Yeah. (laughs) Rachel Rachel and Will are down there like, where's daddy? (laughs) He's still still drinking them free beers. Mom, why haven't we seen Daddy in two days? He's not even but, staying at the Omni. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Cotton Bowl, like the way Dallas sets everything up. I mean, th- I guess Artie is like, thanks for Alabama winning. They might have been going to Miami, which I'm sure the I'm sure the Orange Bowl is fine. It but, doesn't look uh, like the Cotton Bowl, bro. The Cotton Bowl. From a player, you know, and that's the good thing, too, is, like, you know, the way last year ended, like, that that was just, like, a go play another game. And it's good. Like, I like the fact that these guys get to experience, like, a truly, truly great bowl experience. Like, that's what bowl – like, we make fun of bowl games, and we joke about, you know, sponsors and – and, you know, some people get mad that there's, like, too much football. I'm like, well, that's not a thing. And if you don't want to watch it, then don't watch. Like, if, you, if you're not interested in watching Texas Tech and Mississippi State right now, then, then don't watch. Like, but there's no such thing as too much football. But these guys get the full deal, and that, I think that's something that's pretty awesome for them, especially after last year and everything that they went through. Yeah. How much do you think that stage, though, can prepare them for this stage, at least to an extent? 
Oh, I think it does, no doubt. I mean, that and playing that Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, it. I mean, what, like, in the way that their system is set up with their schedule and, and things like that, like, there's no other even relatively close opportunity. Right. And and playing at Notre Dame and playing George in the Peach Bowl, now granted it was a you know far less than capacity crowd, but that didn't change the team that George had. Like those are very I mean Notre Dame made the playoff last year. Georgia made the playoff this year. Like those are as close to what they're gonna see Friday as they can get. So it's not like a this isn't like you know, the a lot of the older, whether it was the BCS or even in the playoff, where like these, you know, group of five teams, not in the playoff, but in the in the New Year's Six games, went up against these teams from whoever SEC, Big Ten, ACC. Like there was no comparison to anyone that those teams played. So, like, those guys had no frame of reference for what they were about to, to see. And UC does. Like, UC can put on the film and go, okay, that guy right there, he is just like this guy that we played last year or in October from an athletic standpoint. Right. You know, this guy's speed is very similar or the same to this guy's speed that we played when we played Georgia. Here's how you're going to have to cover him. Here's, you know... This isn't like, you know, when P.J. Fleck and Central or Western Michigan went and played, you know, I think it was Wisconsin, which isn't the most athletic team. But, like, who is who is Central Michigan playing throughout the year that is any sort of barometer to what they were going to see in that game? Right. And this team's also most of, almost all of these guys have played Ohio State. Yeah. The dominant Ohio State team. You got their ass kicked. But they got to see what it looked like. Right. And I think there is something that has to be said. And disclaimer, it's Alabama, so this is different. But there's something that has to be said for they've played their best in the biggest games. Oh, that I, I don't think that has a, I don't think you have to say disclaimer. It's a, I mean, that's a fact. This year they have so, by far played their best against their best competition and Coupled in the, you know, with the games that mattered the most. I think that that has to be taken. That doesn't mean that this game will go their way, will be competitive. But you you can't just not uh, not notice that or not account for that in in analyzing how you know what their chances are. You know, so I mean, they're still a two touchdown favorite. Now it is kind of interesting that. The line has not moved off of 13 and a half since it opened. And the over-under came down from 58.5 to 57.5 today. But I am, it, is, it is interesting to me that that line has, even though like 80% of the bets and 90% of the money are on Alabama, it hasn't moved. Which is very strange. Yeah, I, I would have thought it would have moved to like, 15, 15 14 and a half. half, 15. No, it's yeah. still good. I mean, people people might be slow playing their bets because of these games getting canceled, even though 
these playoff games ain't getting canceled. So no. I can just tell you that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact, Jack. They are not getting canceled. Um, absent something bananas happening five hours before the game, they're playing the damn games. Um, regardless. Do you like how so, the US, UCLA game got canceled like two hours before kickoff today? Yeah, that's lovely. And NC State's coach said, like, we had no idea that they were even, yeah. like, having COVID issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? This is such a Over under level. 57 and a half seems high to me, man. I don't know. I guess not. It's, what, 24 each, basically? I mean, you... Well, no, that would be 48. Or the 34. Yeah, 34. <laughs> sorry. I'm not good at math, but I know that. Uh, sorry. I'm I sorry. Think you just have, I think you just have a, a one, like, explosive offense, even though it's going against a, a very good defense. It's still, like, an explosive offense against a very good offense that I wouldn't call explosive, but, you know, has you know it's one of the top scoring offenses in the country. I think it's hard to I think from a gambling standpoint it's hard to just like put that game in plus if you're gonna have a 14 point spread you kind of have to have the over under a little bit higher like you know right. unless you just think it's gonna be like 28 14 yeah I think could very well be the final score but Right. <laughs> um, All right. I, I guess let's uh, let's get into it. Simone family tailgate. I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> we we have no clue whatsoever. So uh, we've of course been invited to two. If you yes. if you'd like to partake in either, I think I've probably been invited to the same ones. I just have no idea what we're doing. Danco Joe. Joe yep. Stewart uh, is having his, his RV set up uh, in lot 14. And of course, obviously, Danco being the sponsor of the BBP and part of the, the BCJ family. And then another member of the BCJ family, uh, the Republic of Cincinnati, is having their tailgate. They just announced today. Obviously, the Republic of Cincinnati and 513 shirts are one and the same. So go to the Republic of Cincinnati Twitter page. You can see where their tailgate is. Uh, you don't have Jason wants to know. You don't have a Jello shot guy in the Dallas Fort Worth area. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, we could make them staying at a, a friend's house. Um, you can see if your friend's wife is proficient in Jello shots and get you a couple yeah. trays ready to go. I just don't know. I, like, I'm, I'm kind of flying blind on our on our pregame stuff. I think a lot of it is weather. Maybe weather related. It looks like earlier today. It looked like it was going to rain a lot pregame. Now maybe not so much. So I think when I looked today, the rain was supposed to be more like late afternoon, yeah. early evening. Mm -hmm. So that would be ideal if we could get that rain to hold off until like four o'clock or like nine or what or like nine o'clock after the game. Well, it's a dome. It no, no, but matter. I don't want to get wet after the game, walking out. Well, you get the rain from 4.30 to like 7, and then <laughs> by the time you walk out, the rain's done. Right. Get ready for your New Year's Eve festivities. 
Yeah, I'll probably be like asleep by nine o'clock. <laughs> so you're not ready to set an over under. You don't. What time? What time? No, do you no think? I, I don't. I mean, I I don't. You're gonna yeah, have Will. No, Will's not. Go, Will's not going to the game. No, but I mean, you're gonna have him, so maybe you have to be at your friend's house a little bit longer than you would. Right, ideally like, like to be. Yeah, we're not. We're this is this is feeling more of like a get there pretty close to when the game starts. Then it would be your fault if they lost because you didn't pump it up. I could still pump it up. You you got to pump it up, Dave. Can can I mean I'm I'm more concerned. Can I get confetti cannons into the stadium? It's Texas. <laughs> if it looks like a gun, they're gonna be like, "You're good." Yeah. You're good. Uh, what time is Dave after dark? So I am driving home directly after the game. So once I get done with uh, with media responsibilities and all that, I am driving home. Um, I if they, guess... if, they, if they win, I will be in no state to sit down for thirty minutes and do a podcast. <laughs> I I might. Um, after we get like a couple hours on the road and, and, and get some miles under our belt, uh, I might be inclined to, to either go live here on YouTube or go live on Twitter. Um, and I got, I, I, I guess I should try on the way down maybe Twitter spaces. Um, I hear that's pretty popular these days. Yeah. See Joe Stewart, Dave, yeah. Joe knows. Yeah, Twitter Spaces blew up when uh, the kid decommitted from Florida State and yeah. went to Jackson State, and everybody got in Twitter Spaces to fire Mike Norvell. So maybe Twitter Spaces is an option. Maybe trying to, to do something on YouTube Live is an option. Um, I'm going to be driving all night, so there's a pretty good chance that you'll find me live somewhere. Will Dave join that? I, I don't know. Depends on what happens and if I can get Dave to, to chill for a small period of time. <laughs> we shall see. My, my guess is probably not. <laughs> if they lose, you're going to be, you're not going to feel like talking. No. If they win, you're not going to feel like talking. Probably, probably not. Probably not. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can't set an over-under because we don't know what Dave's pregame plan is going to be. It's sad. Yeah. Sad. If I yeah. set it at six and a half, do you think you'll be able to find the over before kickoff? Probably not. That's depressing. Did you hear Jim Kelly's line last night? I did not. I've been. I was saving that for tomorrow's drive. The the line of the podcast. He was talking about after the Notre Dame game. Yeah. And he's and he's walking back through the the lot to get to his spot. And every UC tailgate, he he passed, offered him a beer, and of course he drank it. And he said his line has always been after games because everybody's been drinking all day, and Jim's had to work. Said his line has always been, "Don't worry, I'll catch up." 
<laughs> and with Jim, you know that's a thousand percent true. Like, oh yeah, I love that man. I love that man. What what'd you think about the uh, the Rick Flick story today? Oh, that was awesome. Great job by Pat Forty. Yeah, I saw him. So signing day uh, when we had when I was waiting to do the coordinator interviews. Um. Right. That was the day that Pat Forty spent all day with Rick Flick. So I saw him in the football offices that day and kind of got wind that it was coming and, you know, heard the the basics of what it was about. Just fantastic stuff. Like the, the media that has come out on this program this year, that alone is program changing, Dave. Wild what happens when you go undefeated and make the college football playoff. <laughs> right? All of a sudden, all the national media are looking for every little nook and cranny to file a story. Um, all right. Prediction. Prediction time, Dave. Oh, prediction time. Well, I don't know, Chad. Uh, You're 13 and 0 this year. I am. I'm not trying to go. This isn't about going undefeated on the picks. This is about the team going undefeated on the field. But it is... Um, I keep coming back to Nick Saban, Alabama, in these semifinals. Yeah. Have not only won, they've pretty much kicked the crap out of everyone they've played. And that is everyone. Michigan State, obviously, but Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, whoever. It hasn't mattered. Yeah. And that is that's just a hard thing for me to get over. Um, added to my concern of blocking Will Anderson and being able to run the ball. So while I think that the defense – can keep them in the game, can make plays, can acquit themselves quite nicely. Uh, I am concerned about the offense holding up their end of the deal, and I believe Alabama will win somewhere in the neighborhood of 37-21. Thirty-seven, twenty-one. You think this yeah. defense gives up thirty-one? I didn't say the defense is going to give up thirty-one. So you think there's a, a special team score, or a pick-six, something along Could those be. lines? Dave, I told myself I wasn't going to do it. God, you, why? Are you? You're like the UCF guys. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I told myself I wasn't going to do it. You pick whoever you want to pick. But the more I look at it, the more I've seen this team speak this week. Are they, Are they? whatever this name was, Ball, speaking it into existence? No, I just think they, they, they haven't, the moment hasn't been too big for them. Oh, I don't they think don't, it's too big. They don't seem like they have any 
like they have a great respect for Alabama. They know what they're going up against. But it's kind of like we talked about. In the biggest games, this team has stepped up. And I don't think Alabama respects this team from listening oh, to I, Alabama. I I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I don't think Alabama is coming into this game with the respect that they have playing in Ohio State, playing in Oklahoma. I, I think they believe they're going to come into this. Does that think that I think they're ill-prepared? No. But I think the general nature of like you talked about, this isn't a crazy veteran Alabama team. This is an Alabama team with a lot of 19, 20, 21-year-olds playing their first season really of, of, of being on the field a lot. And this isn't a team with a bunch of veteran leaders leading them into the playoff. I think they do it, Dave. 28-27 Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter leads a game-winning touchdown drive with under three minutes to go. The wouldn't defense that, holds. Wouldn't that be something? The defense holds, and Cincinnati wins and advances to the national championship. Am I probably wrong? Yeah. Is there anything, like, do I lose anything for no. not being right? No. But I genuinely, I'm going to I'm gonna put my faith in this team, Dave. I'm going to put my belief in this team. I'm going to say, Luke Fickle and the Bearcats get it done. 28-27. They get on the plane, come home to prepare for Michigan. And we get... 11 days of Luke Fickle versus Jim Harbaugh, oh, which so really is. you think Michigan's going to beat Georgia? I just, I'm, that's, that's a selfish. Oh, okay. You're prediction. saying you're hope you're hoping for that. Yeah. That's a selfish. I want, I want 11 days of Luke Fickle and Jim Harbaugh having to talk about each other. I want nothing more. Now, now I'm going to go on Twitter when you post this podcast, I'm going to retweet it and I'm going to say Bearcat Journal owner at Chad Brendel disrespects Alabama by saying, <laughs> by saying Cincinnati will win 28-27. If you listen to this podcast, <laughs> I have not disrespected Alabama at all. I have a great deal of respect. I'm for just going to do that to see if it ends up getting your mentions blown up. Oh, of course it will. They already have blown up because they don't know how to they don't know how to take a joke like me me joking about the transitive property. Like like I really believe because US or UCF Central Florida and Houston beat Florida and Auburn that that means Cincinnati is going to beat Alabama. Like these or people the, don't know how to have fun. Or that any of these bowl games like matter. Matter. Yeah. Like, like, like Auburn's, did, be, Auburn's best corner was already out. And then they had two other corners thrown out for targeting. Like they had like third stringers playing corner at the end of that game. Right. Come on. Like it's sports. We're allowed to have a little fun. No, I, I don't serious. know. Like we're talking about winning this championship. There's nothing fun about it. It's all serious. <laughs>
I think Joe's out on Joe's glad he doesn't sponsor this podcast because he doesn't. He, there's no <laughs> hey, way they give up. I hope, I hope they don't either. But I am. I've always been as realistic as I can be. I do not look at the games, or I try to not look at the games with any, you know, bias towards UC. I feel like too many fan podcasts, you know, do that already. Um, you know, fan site podcasts, and I just look at them from a truly football standpoint. And I hope that that isn't. I hope, obviously, I hope that's not true. So you think Alabama gets up big early and just kind of keeps Cincinnati at bay? I think it's kind of like a slow burn. Okay. So what? 37 divided by four, like 10 points a quarter, you know, a touchdown. What? That's what? Three, three 10-point quarters and a seven-point quarter. Yeah, something like that. So like 17 to 10, 17 to 7 at halftime. Well, no, we can't. Then, we can only have 7 or 14 because I don't have us kicking any field goals. No, you never know. I know. I'm saying my, my score has 21. So <laughs> my score is 28. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might know so. something. <laughs> um are, are you excited for Let It Fly? Is that tomorrow or is that Thursday? That, that, that I think it's out? tomorrow, so I'll have to catch it once we get once you're on back the to the hotel and uh, situation. Dave is already doing jello shots if he thinks the D is giving up 37. I mean, did he not, on. Jason, did you not listen? Come on, Jason. He said he doesn't like, think what, it's going to be you, all what the do, What do you guys want me to say? That the UC wins 42-14? Like, I mean, <laughs> so if I said... They gave up 31 points and they lost by 10. That would be acceptable. Or they lost 31-14. Like, I, I don't think they're going to win. So put as many points as you want on the Alabama side. I think it's going to be more than the UC side. And 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 this goes back to, what, two days, three days after the national championship game. Uh, I was taking the crew down to Galactic Fried Chicken and Dave and I were we're talking about the podcast plan over the next couple of weeks and, and how we wanted to map things out to give you guys the best entertainment without overloading you on uh, Alabama preview. And uh, yeah, we're disrespecting UC and Bama Both now. Teams. Yeah. 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 Chad Brendel disrespects Alabama by picking UC to win. Co-host David Simone disrespects both teams. <laughs> by, by picking Alabama to win <laughs> or disrespect Cincinnati. So both hosts right. are dis- we're just we're just disrespectful to college football as a whole. So we were we were jokingly like we're not joking, but we were talking about like, you know, there are some things here about this game that you know, Cincinnati has some advantages and this is, you know, this is they, they've got a chance to stay in this game. And then I said, so uh, you're picking Cincinnati? And Dave was like, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, that was the first production meeting for this podcast. Yeah. So when I asked Dave for his prediction, first, I had a pretty good first idea. First and only that we've ever had. We talk about the show sometimes. <laughs> sometimes Usually yeah. at least once a week, we chat for a few minutes. But that's, I, I, I don't like it like that. I like the spontaneity. Let's just 
not overthink this. Let's just right. get each other's natural reactions. And like, I don't want to call Dave and be like, Dave, tell me everything you got on Alabama. And then have and, me like tell it to you again. Yeah, no, I don't want that. I want my natural reaction to what you're saying based on what I've studied and like what I know about them. And I, I think it's, I think it's better that way. So Dave's riding Bama. You're taking Bama and get, and laying the points. What did I say? 37, 21. Then yes, yeah. I would be laying the points. It's 58. So you're taking the, you're taking Bama, the points, giving the, the points and taking and the, the over. over by half a point. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there gambling in Texas? Are you allowed to? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's sports wagering in Texas. It's Texas. Why would there not I mean, be? Pretty much everything else is legal there, isn't it? I mean, no, I don't. I, I don't I, think the I don't think the marijuana is legal there. But I don't know. I I have several friends that do the uh, do the online gambling. My one friend that lives in Texas, I do not believe he participates. So I I don't know. But I would not be playing this game anyway. I do not bet. And have never bet. Well, I take that back. I have bet a UC game recently because um, that was free money. And if you didn't do that, then I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I guess all right. no. All right. Well, you know, the gambling. But yeah. I guess uh, that's it. Yeah, do we have or we were going to do the live basketball game podcast, but apparently, you know, the Houston Cougars have COVID issues. They have our which two is a, which three is a, best players, which is a convenient issues. way of saying to, our two of our four best players are out for the year. Yeah, <laughs> they're not just hurt; they're they're out. Yeah, they're, they ain't coming back this year. And those positive tests really reared their heads when those guys got hurt. <laughs> Right. Funny how that works sometimes. It's amazing. Um, I, I do think things are looking better for Tulane, best I can tell. Uh, it sounds what, like they are back at practice. Is that Saturday? That's Saturday at seven o'clock. At home? Is that yes. at home? Okay. My wife is in here like messing with my blinds. Who who is back at practice? Was Tulane? Suspended? Tulane is back at practice. I think they're supposed to play Memphis tomorrow. Oh, okay. So if that game happens, then clearly, you know, clearly, then things would seem to be on track for. You would think so. For UC. Um, safe travels, everybody. If you are traveling, which I I would guess a lot of you in your cars who are now um, irrationally upset with Dave. I can't blame you. I'm sorry. I can't blame you. Gary Clark started tonight. No Trayvon Scott yet at halftime. It's pretty cool to see all the Bearcats in the league right now. Jaren got back. Jaren's back. For the Blazers. COVID COVID has been good to the NBA Bearcats. I feel like Jared will find Portland to his liking. <laughs> I, that seems like a place I think he could he could rock with. Benedict Simone. There it is. There it I don't is. Wanna, okay. I don't want to hear any of this shit 
if if this comes to fruition. We call all you guys out individually on the Twitter. If I'm right. For giving me crap. For being straight down the middle with my analysis. Benedict Simone. I'm going to leave that up for the rest of the podcast. Probably the same height. (laughs) No online legal gambling in Texas. Is there... Can you... um, can you gamble like it's at casinos, sports books? I don't think they have casinos. Oh, that's right. Man, for for a place that's supposed to be or everything's bigger. There's no gambling, there's no casinos. There's no marijuana. Just carry guns. A, carry a bunch of guns around wherever I want, but I can't play <laughs> a little can't play a little kino. <laughs> Uh, So everybody in the car headed to Dallas, uh, continued safe travels, and uh, tomorrow, 3 to 6, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, I'm in for Mo Egger. It's going to be a Bearcat-dominated three hours. Uh, So if you want, ESPN 1530.com slash listen or the iHeart radio or the iHeartMedia app. You can get it on there. Um, what is the new studio setup like where you can't eat, where you're not even like around your producer? That has to be dude, odd. He's like, <clears throat> I'm on like this side of a hallway. He is in the, like the opposite hallway. There's an entire row of studios and he's in like the fifth room. He's is this like, like a is this like a thing that is happening at a lot of radio stations? Like, well, I don't know. What is the point in that? So I think what it comes down to is that, like, all the equipment are, is in like a same spot instead of having like, you know. So there balls. basically there are basically there are air studios, and then there are production studios, and the producers are in the production studios. And they're in like a different place than the air studios. Right. So now Joe is like, sucking up to me by telling me I'm smart and he really likes my takes. And that Dave now, hopes he's wrong. And now he's concerned and he's just hoping that I'm wrong. <laughs> Look, I mean, is it really a surprise to pick Bama? They're a 13 and a half point favorite. Like, I'm not really going out on a limb here. I should be picking Bama. <laughs> I've let my emotions kind of take over this week as I have watched from afar that I think this team is ready. I think the stage they are I think they're going to be ready for the stage. Now, does that does that make them from immune from Bama coming out and scoring the first 17 points and ending the game in 10 minutes? No. No it does not. But I think they're going to be able to hang around. I think they're going to give themselves a puncher's chance. And just because it's the media today and there are no repercussions for being wrong, I'm going to pick Cincinnati by a point. I'll probably be wrong. But if I'm right, you're going to fucking hear about it for a long time, Dave. Oh, yeah, we are. I already got my post-game tweet. Like, in been working on that one. For if they win, I mean, we're ready. All right, good.
good. Just how just how wild is it though? Like just take a step back and be like it's unbelievable. They're in the fucking national semifinals. They're in against the Alabama. Against Alabama. We're all going to the cotton bowl. Like I think part of the reason, like I'm not sure on my tailgating is I think I just want to like get there as early as I can and just and like, just walk so, around. Just we'll just sit in my seat and like watch how everything like unfolds and as people come in and as it gets closer and closer and the atmosphere builds and and you know the anxiety and and all those things i mean i i have thought about the game a lot i have not been particularly like anxious about the game yet um i don't typically get that way especially this year because i've been ultra confident so i guess if you're like super confident in what's going to happen maybe it doesn't hit you the same way but i feel like being in the arena so to speak of a game that is you know leaps and bounds the biggest in program history that might you know change a little bit but it's just so wild still what would your grandpa say if you told him dude i don't i, mean, I don't want to talk about it like <laughs> you don't I, want to I'm, cry on on air pretty pretty much because i've thought about it so many times uh like i have a picture of him and i on the field i think it was a uke like a it was towards the end of the season but like it's in my car like it put it in my dashboard so like i see it every time i drive and i'm just like man if you were here to see this yeah i'm um... I told Kelsey tonight we were uh, it was my my stepmom's birthday so we were out having some dinner and we were all just kind of it was me and Kelly and Kelsey and my dad and my stepmom and we were talking about the trip and I was like you realize like this is something you're going to remember win lose or draw this will be a trip you'll remember for the rest of your life like for the rest of your life when you think about Papa when you think about your dad this trip is going to be part of it so. I'm excited about that. It is house money, man. Oh, for for sure it is. I mean, like all of the talk of style points and are they playing tight? Are they trying to play perfect? I mean, it does reverse itself, but they can play loose. But at the same time, like they still don't want no matter what. Like, and I don't think, you know, only dumb people, if say UC gets beat just like everybody else has gotten beat by Alabama. You know, they'll be the dumb people that are like, see, they didn't belong. Like, right. The outcome of this game is not a referendum on them as a team, them this season. They absolutely did belong. But I'm sure there's still going to be like, it's not like they can just throw caution to the wind and, you know, YOLO, so to speak. Like, they want to win. So, you know, they're still going to be nervous. They're still going to be you know, conservative at times, I'm sure, because that's just the way that they operate. Right. And they're going to feel like they have a chance to win, so they're not going to take unnecessary risks, you know, like you do in just some random bowl game if you're the upstart team, you know, you're the, you're the, you won the whatever, Sun Belt, and you made it into the Fiesta Bowl. Like, sure, you're running... You're literally running every play you could think of to try to win the game. Like that's not the case right. in, in this type of a game. 
I um I don't know. I just I think the thing that always has amazed me, and we'll talk, I'm sure, plenty more about this on this after this is all over. And we've talked about it a lot before as well. But you know, th- th- they didn't do this with gimmicks, Dave. Oh no, there's nothing gimmicky Luke, or fluky or Luke Fickle built a power five football program in the G5. That's what happened. He didn't build a G5 program that could compete with power five teams. He built a power five football program at Cincinnati. And now they get to see at what level that power five football program has been built at stage, you you know, know, in year five of the development. Kind of going off of that. Did you see Bill Conley from ESPN put out his like, I, it was the, it was paywalled, so I didn't I didn't I don't have ESPN. So yeah, the best playoff teams of all, t- you know, the rank the whole all. If I have the, ESPN Plus, do I get ESPN Insider? Yeah. Oh, I just have to log in. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he ranked by SP Plus all the playoff teams. Of all, you know, of the playoff era, I think UC was twenty right. sixth out of thirty two, and then um, he ranked like the best non Power Five, whatever he said, like the top fifteen teams of like the BCS and playoff era. Okay. This year's UC team was number one. The people in Orlando are not going to be big fans of one Mr. Bill Conley. I'll just say Thank that. you, Central Florida, for paving the way. Yeah. If you really paved the way, your best team ever would have been higher than eighth in uh, <laughs> Mr. Bill Conley's best G5, whatever, non-BCS teams of all time. Yeah. Where was 09? Uh, I don't think 09 was on there. Last Which would make team, sense. The defense was, team not great. was last year's team was ninth. Okay. Because this goes all the way back to like Utah when they beat Alabama. Like we're talking BCS teams and playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of like good Boise teams, good Utah teams, the TCU team that beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have the 09 team in that in that top group. Uh, Dave, you did pick Cincinnati over Notre Dame, and I did pick I did Notre Dame over Cincinnati because I picked them to over Notre Dame because I thought that they would beat Notre Dame. Uh, Joe says he hopes the roles are reversed. Stick to my guns, Joe. You know enough about me right now that once I draw my guns, the guns are getting fired. (laughs) (laughs) Right, wrong, or indifferent. I put myself in enough situations for everybody to know. Once the guns are out, the bullets are flying. Um, it does, but SP Plus does use recruiting rankings, but not like FPI does. They're they they're adjusted. Things get adjusted as the season goes on. Right. All right, I got the hiccups. And uh, I need to hop off of here and jump onto the Pardon the Punctuation podcast. So I'm I'm still going. Dave, you're getting some rest. What time are you leaving? I think we're heading out 
around lunchtime. Okay. I think by the time you get there, we'll just about probably be getting on the road. I think we're leaving about 11 tomorrow night. Oh, no, I'll be there well before that. It's only seven hours. Yeah. I'm driving to Memphis. Oh, okay. You're going to Memphis and then doing the rest of the way in the morning. Yeah, it's basically exactly halfway. Dude, yeah. I got a two and two and a half year old. I forgot that you're, 14 yeah. straight hours. It's a good point. Maybe it's on the way point. back. We haven't decided that one yet. The goal is to try and see. I mean, if you far. drive through the night, he should sleep mostly through the night. You would think. <laughs> you would yeah, you would think with most two and a half year olds. <laughs> right. But with us doing Twitter spaces while you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. Are you le- you're leaving after the game? No, we're not leaving till oh, the first. Okay. okay, gotcha. No, we're gonna go back to my buddies and because since we'll already be probably be in bed by the time we get back. Right. So, yep, we'll just get up and go January first, and either have a lot of fun things to listen to and read, or stay off my phone for the whole day. <laughs> All right, man. Great show. Thanks to everybody here for joining us. Thanks, Joe. I, I'm not the hardest working man in, in Bearcat land. That's he was, he was talking about me. Oh, talking about Dave. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah. Clearly. Gotcha. clearly. I was the one. I'm going to do another podcast about the Bearcats. You're I'm going to bed. Okay. Yeah. So who's the hardest working man in UC Athletic? UC, UC coverage? <laughs> Justin's drinking at a unlimited bar. Yeah, right J- now. Justin got to go down to Dallas on Monday and do a bunch of zooms and just sit in a hospitality room for three straight days. Yeah, sit in a, a massage chair, play some ping pong, and uh, eat and drink for free. Yeah, asshole. Thank you, thank you, Athletic. Yeah, if the tightwad that ran this company <laughs> would have sent me down, I'd have been there. I'm gonna have, have to a me- talk to, have talk a, to upper management about that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to me- have a meeting with the BCJ Media Conglomerate. CEO tomorrow. This, this All right, man. Have a safe trip. Journal. All right. I'm serious. You want to come on tomorrow? Yeah, we'll see. All right, we'll work out a time. Depends on what the kid's doing. If he's sleeping, maybe that maybe we can do that. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. That is. Our Cotton Bowl Alabama preview national semifinals Friday. Disres- disrespect galore. Disrespect. That should be, be the title. Just unlimited disrespect, disrespect. everywhere. Uh, we will see you next week to talk about what happened. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. If you're not going to Dallas, go to the Holy Grail. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.